0: You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. How are you doing today? As promised in the Daily Financial News, we're doing four, yes, four interviews with students today. The reason I'm doing this is I want to see what is going on in the One Rental at a Time world. I want to learn, see what I could do better. Maybe there's some consistent questions or topics that I could cover. Second, I want to see how students are translating what they are learning. And of course, these are all being recorded, so yes, they can help you, other newbie investors. So let's welcome Kyle to the show. How are you doing, Kyle?
1: Good, Michael. Hey, glad to be here.
0: Hey, man, I know we uh, we tried to do this first before the internet gods whacked us, but we're going to start fresh. So why don't you introduce us to who is Kyle and where you are in this world of real estate?
1: Um, Sure. So uh, my name is Kyle. I own two houses. I have one rental and I own the house that I live in. And so I'm just kind of getting started. You know, I just bought my second house a couple months ago. So I I just had uh, had a rental property for like two months now. So I mean, actually on Friday, I just collected the second month's rent and it was like unbelievable. I didn't have to do anything. I I screened my tenants good. And 30 days later, another rent check showed up and it was I was like, sweet, let's, I'm looking forward to the 19th again next month. Let's do this.
0: So some is good, more is better.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> Very cool. I'm assuming I, I, That's those. what they tell me. <laughs> uh, they it tell. does. So it was my first one. So after I took out, you know, uh, vacancies, property management and uh, repairs and all that, it's just under a hundred bucks. It's like $94 a month. Okay.
0: And so. what's a little bit different about your story? And again, I've heard it because the first video bombed. Uh, meaning the internet gods smacked us. You're doing this as move by your owner occupied, finance and owner occupied. Live there a year or so, and then and then moved in another one. So when we talk about you just having your second rent check, you actually lived in that house for a year, and then moved. And and that and that's a great strategy, folks. That gets FSA financing. It's the cheapest debt possible. Uh, it's a pretty amazing thing. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's just you know I. I don't have the, the Joe, I didn't, I didn't make the right life decision to become a doctor or a lawyer. So I just, you know, average Joe average income. So I kind of tried to had, had to get a little creative of how to acquire properties. And so. I think it's a great uh, strategy.
0: I, uh, let's be clear. Also, let's hit the whole high income side. One of the things I I've tried to make clear to folks on the one rental at a time channel is I actually think those folks with high incomes, the doctors, the lawyers, uh, it's actually harder for them to establish financial freedom. Cause Kyle, I'm going to guess your monthly nut is not 30 grand a month. I'm guessing.
1: So with me and my wife, my two kids, we've been pretty aggressive about cutting our expenses and we, we can get by on like 3,500. There you go. I mean, that's like, you know, base base, mm-hmm. you know, that's not frills, but that's how much our, uh, our bases. Yeah. So,
0: so a, I hope people are noticing he knew the answer. I wasn't even fishing for it, but the fact he has a number, that's incredible. What would I say? 98% of the people I talk to just guess. So if he says his minimum is 35, if he has a monthly, I mean, if he gets to five grand over time, you know, that's a home run. That's freedom. That's choices, all of that stuff. The other thing Kyle, I don't, go ahead.
1: Just real quick. I know how you talk about on the course, how you said people make really complicated, crazy spreadsheets. I have that for my life monthly bills. And so I could show you this crazy thing. Like I, I average out all my bills over a trailing 12 on my electricity bill, my gas bill, like everything. So I know plus or minus, like what does it cost me per month to live? So that is awesome. I tell you- I'm dude, one of those crazy spreadsheet people. No, I mean, that's
0: there's there's crazy and then there's valuable, right? So somewhere in there is extreme value because most people don't know. Most people go, well- I take home like six grand a month and I got a little extra. So I'm good. That's not okay. Right. How, how leaky is your boat? Cause you're probably wasting money in lots of, lots of spots. The other thing, Kyle, well, we f- and, go ahead.
1: Well, the re- and the reason I did that is like I said, is, is me and my wife, we're just, you know, average Joe's average income. So we don't have, you know, we're not making, I know you and your wife are making six figure incomes, you know, us together, we're like a little more than a six figure income. So we're, you know, just average people, and so for us, it was yeah. We had to figure out, like, you know, if we can just cut our expenses, then we can free up this cash. We don't have to do anything crazy in our that's careers. Awesome. We can just continue what we're doing. Yeah. And through that, that's how we freed up some cash, and then we just initially decided to just do the owner-occupant route, at least for the first couple. I think as, that's genius. You know, we, we don't have to go put thirty percent down. As I know, that's what you like to do, and and we would like to get to that point, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you got so remember- to. Tw- yeah, still ahead. in my 20s so I just gotta you know do yeah. what I can and, and build how I can
0: you are so first off Kyle um, you are decades ahead of most people so uh, I know we're gonna get into your questions but I rather I want you to realize that what you and your wife have set up you know already is at least a decade ahead of anywhere I was What I just happen to have is 20 years of experience now you know sure. Kyle in 20 years, the picture is going to be very different as long as you remain diligent as you are now. Sure. I want you to realize that. And the other thing to realize, again, that the fact that you know your number at 3,500, I mean, the wife and I, sure, we may have had higher incomes, but our monthly nut when we started this was over 20 grand. I mean, that's how stupid it is to live where I live, right? Yeah, so that's well, what I, I meant by it. doctors and lawyers. It's harder to get out. It is a lot easier to leave the rat race at 3,500 than 20 just mathematically speaking. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I want to realize, I want people to hear from our story that make sure we don't miss before we get to your questions is you were, you actually lived for a time in Santa Cruz. It's, it's right up a highway 17 from where I live. Uh, it's, it's a great place, assuming it's not foggy, um, but it's also very expensive. And you chose you and at the time, girlfriend, now wife uh, to move to uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, which is a decision that is, um, really set you up to take advantage of the local market. So I didn't want to miss that in this story. Did I miss anything?
1: Uh, no, I'll just summarize it real quick and we just get it over. So, you know, like I said, we're just average people, average incomes. And we lived in Santa Cruz where the median home price is about a million dollars. Just just for real quick, we, this house that I'm in right now, the mortgage payment a three bedroom, two baths, 1700 square feet, two car garage. The mortgage payment is about what we paid for a studio. Oh. So it's... <laughs> just, so nice. just to put that in comparison so we we just you know we were looking i always heard like investing forums and stuff. people talking about the midwest and you know finding you know uh purchase to rent ratios and so i just kind of did some research and zeroed in on columbus and we decided to come out here as i think it's a, a good market at least for us yeah and- i
0: think columbus ohio is a wonderful part of the country i'm curious right when you go to your girlfriend at the time and say honey I know we're in Santa Cruz and the beach is like you know 10 minutes away. <laughs> How would you like to go to Columbus, Ohio, where there is no beach?
1: <laughs> Was that an
0: easy conversation?
1: Uh no. <laughs> Pretty much everybody that I tell here in Ohio that I moved from California from the beach, they're just like, What's wrong with you? Because <laughs> well, they let don't me get tell it, you about know? this studio. They don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They let just don't get it for them. That. Most people are just, you know, paycheck to paycheck. So for them, they just didn't quite. They're yeah, like, why would you do that if you can be paycheck to paycheck over there? I <laughs> mean check to paycheck. Yeah, that's so, pretty crazy. It was just a sacrifice, and she was willing to to come along for it. You know, she understood it was definitely a hard conversation, but we sat down and that's the trick. Uh... The trick was is we came and visited in September, which is we found out the best month of the year. <laughs> and so we were like sold on it, and then we moved a little bit later, and then we forgot to look at winter. Well, that's awesome.
0: The other thing I just want to point out, then we'll turn it over to you, is uh, you and your significant other are on the same page, right? If you ever heard my story, um, we've had our ups and downs. And the fact that Olivia and I were on the same page uh, is the only reason we got through the cycles in real estate. So I want to congratulate you for thinking ahead, having those conversations. Even if they're difficult, you got to have them. Don't guess. Don't pretend. Don't avoid. Have them get it over with. And then see where you're at. So kudos to you. Uh, so Kyle, I want to turn it over to you. Uh, you came with a set of questions. Let's get started.
1: Sure. I just want to make one more comment. What you're saying is, I think in the beginning it's definitely harder because you don't have anything to like. You're saying, "Hey, let's move to Columbus, let's buy real estate." But from there, it's just a dream. Like you don't really have anything. And once you kind of get the ball rolling, it's easier to look back and go, "Wow, that was a really good decision." And that's kind of right where we're at now. Is that's awesome. when we jumped out here we had zero and now it's like hey we have a property somebody's paying us for it every month we're looking to now get our third one our third property so two rentals and then our house and it's just now it's easier to be like yes that was a good decision so i just yeah it's hard on it's hard on zero but once you make progress it's better to i think to to realize you made a good choice well said thanks buddy so um right. what you got so i so I've, i i have gone through most of the course. And I, I just got to say, thank you so much. I, I, I was the guy going, I think you said this morning, 50 one inch in 50 different directions. Like that was me. You know, Columbus is a Metro of like 1.5 million people. Oof. And when I would look at properties, I would look at the whole Metro. I would just, you know, let's look at the whole area and run properties all over and go, Oh, that's kind of makes sense. And, I, I didn't, It did it just felt like I was just not really making a lot of progress. I was spinning my wheels, not really yeah. going anywhere. So just cool. going through this course, it really just helped me zero in. And so it's helped me a lot.
0: Yeah. Tight focus um, is critical in the beginning. Cool. Awesome.
1: I guess for my first question. So I've been doing every day, you know, 20, 30 minutes, checking out my market the last two days. Um, nothing has come onto the market in my search parameters. Mm-hmm. So what do you do on those days when nothing hits? Cause it's like, do you just go, okay, cool. I don't have to, anything to do. Or like, how can you then at least do something so you can, cause I know then your video would say, let's get a little bit better each day. Yep. So, so did like, nothing, in my last two days, nothing hit.
0: Yeah. So, so nothing hit meaning no new listings, right? Correct. Did, I mean, uh, like did a, something, uh, did pending change? Did any, did anything change?
1: I saw three properties go pending in the last couple of days and that was it.
0: So that's, that's information, right? So that counts okay. as a change. Uh, how, how long is your list today? I mean, when you got, when you did your search, was it 12 listings or 37 or how big is that tight focus? It's at nine. Okay. Uh, and how long have you been looking at that criteria?
1: Like a week now.
0: Yeah. So I would, so give me, so tell me what your criteria is. How tight yeah. is it? How many variables?
1: Uh, here, I got it right here. One sec. Sure. Uh, duh, duh, duh. So it's, it's a three bedroom, two bath or bigger. Okay. 1250 square feet up to 2000 just cuz some people here have finished basements and so your 1500 square foot house mm-hmm. people have a finished basement so then they go oh, it's 2000 but in reality yeah so that's kind of why I've, I've buffered it up to 2000 okay um single family 125,000 to 300,000 okay and that's it so 125 to 300 three to
0: 1250 square feet to 2000 yeah so i in i'm guessing some zip
1: code it's two zip codes just because half of oh, the zip wow. code just goes out into like the rural area. So there's okay. only like a couple thousand houses. So there's two zip codes that Got like it. kind of butt up against each other, which is more or less the same area. So again, that whole
0: so two zip codes single family home under 300 grand or between whatever under 300 be uh, over 1200 but under 200 2000 square feet. You're only
1: getting nine listings, correct. I mean, inventory is tight. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's uh, tight everywhere.
0: I, I would probably change that. I would, what first thing I would do is I would take off the upper band of square, uh, square foot, square foot, square foot, okay, just to see. Uh, actually, can you do that now? I mean, I don't know if you're online, yeah. and you can do
1: it. I always have my computer within two inches of me. So, yeah.
0: so do, do that now and just tell me it goes from nine to how many.
1: Yep, one second. And we'll take that. It goes up to 10.
0: So, A, I would drop the upper band.
1: Now let's drop the lower okay.
0: band and see what happens. Uh, again, on your
1: footage. You like three bedrooms below 1,250 square feet?
0: Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out your market. I know nothing about Columbus. I'm just trying to figure – I want to get you more listings because nine's not enough.
1: Gotcha. So if I go to zero, I still have 10 listings. All
0: right. So that means the lower band means nothing.
1: And um, the only other criteria I have on here is property status. Mm-hmm. Where it's either active or coming soon. So I don't, when I did the initial uh, mm-hmm. like stuff in the course, I kept over all statuses. Yep. But now in my search criteria, I only look at active. Should I take off and just put all property statuses? Well, let's just see.
0: Let's just see. Let's see how big the difference is.
1: Uh, it goes up to 72.
0: All right. So that's too many. So what happens if you just did, what if you did pending active and coming soon? I'm not sure what Seriously. other status there is.
1: So my agent, I have so I have like access to the MLS. So I have contingent escape, contingent finance and inspection, and contingent lien holder release.
0: Uh so contingent, what were they there again?
1: There's contingent escape, contingent finance and inspection, mm-hmm. and contingent lien holder release.
0: And is there one that says pending?
1: No, it doesn't say that. So right. I mean because contingent, contingent escape.
0: Yeah. So could you do contingent financing and inspection?
1: As the so, only
0: additional one besides active and coming soon.
1: So if I do that, so if I, if I take it off, I'm down to 10. If I put it on, it's at 71. Oh, so it doesn't really, okay. Yeah. So, 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 but let's put those square footage back in. Okay. Because okay. that's kind of what I felt is like, I was like, I don't feel like I'm getting enough search criteria. Yeah. I, I would, I generally, I
0: don't mind nine actives but i would like to see like 11 pendings and i don't know what the criteria is in your mls because I, but in my market at least maybe not today but over time pendings come on and come off a lot and it yeah. could be inspections it could be appraisals it could be uh you know loan contingencies it could be lots of things so i i like including pendings um but i just don't know what your criteria
1: options sure are. so so if i put the square footage back 1250 to 2000 yeah Active or 10 and pending or contingent or 38?
0: You're close.
1: Yeah. That's okay. That's
0: pretty close. I might keep that. I might, I, I, again, I like to be between 20 and 40, right? What okay. I just heard you say is 58. I think he's 48, 48. You're, you're, like you, again, right you only have nine days. So I, in the short term, I would rather see you focus on the 10 because while of it's course. low, you're still early. Right. Okay. Maybe maybe in three weeks, so at 21 days, you do the expansion, because I think it's more important to keep the tighter focus early sure. and then expand as you feel comfortable there. So I guess what I would tell you to do, again, 10-minute conversation, is keep it pending and, or keep it active and coming soon, but drop the square footage, because that didn't change. I think you got one listing.
1: We got a couple, yeah, like one or two extras. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so drop the square footage in the meantime and then at day 21. So, figure that's like March or April 10th or whatever. Then go back and add contingent something. Play with those and see which one. Always stay between 20 and 40 once you go back.
1: And at day 20, and that's between active and pending. You don't want to go beyond 40 with active and pending.
0: Yeah. I don't think you want to because again, it, 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 bec- maybe like when you're uh, 90 days or a you know, six months into it, when you can, when you can scan 40 listings in 10 minutes, go bigger. Like I can scan hundreds in like seven minutes,
1: (laughs) right? But a machine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I've done it enough where I I know the little things that I'm looking for, but until you build that DNA tight focus and fight, fight the urge to expand too soon. That makes sense.
1: So my next question here, one sec. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And then I I guess it's kind of just like an expansion on the last question. If you're in a zip code and I I know it lists like, I mean, sometimes you can have 30 new listings in a weekend and then the next week there's two, um, is there, is there like a certain inventory number you want to be seen to, to realize like, hey, this is a good market or I shouldn't be in this market? Or is it you just, no?
0: No, I mean, over time, you will start to understand a seller's and buyer's market. Over time, you'll see it change. Uh, but today, everything's a seller's market. So it's, it's you just have to trust me, right? Uh, yeah. over, when you do this for years and decades, you'll go like, okay, we've just gone from a seller's to buyer's market, which means you can just get more aggressive. Uh, But today, everywhere market, you will see it over time. The the beauty of daily execution is you'll be able to tell Columbus, Ohio, those two zip codes better than 95% of agents. It's truly powerful.
1: I got to say, even just in a week, like, and I've been studying real estate, you know, you know, as an amateur for years and just doing this for a week, I, it's pretty eye opening. Like how, if you just focus in immediately you actually understand the area because as soon as you start even comparing 20 minutes apart uh, in the metro it's, it's like not even the same at all
0: yeah you actually get so, negative i call it positive compounding if you go too wide too fast it's actually negative compounding it, it's just it becomes useless and actually n- totally negative It's yes focus 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 when i
1: and i found just a waste of time and is discouraging because now i'm trying to scan through 200 listings and which one's the deal? And it's like, no, 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 no. It's impossible. You choose what your box is and, and swing. And I think baseball players call it swing at your pitch.
0: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You, you, and again, I don't judge, you define your box and then only execute on your box. I don't care.
1: I just got to say how powerful that, I mean, that what I learned from the course more than anything is like, choose your box. And just by doing that, it's, it saved me, I, I was looking online like three hours a day is oh, ridiculous.
0: That's, that's not healthy no, I'm and it, it's not, no, it you can't, can't do it forever. You will burn out. But if yeah, you can do exactly. it, again, if you do it 10 or 20 minutes a day and you find nothing, I give you permission to move on. Do something else. Take the take the kids for a walk. Go get some ice cream. Enjoy your life. If you are spending more than 45 minutes a day on real estate, you're doing it wrong.
1: Yeah, I agree. I just yeah, It's not sustainable. And then most people won't be able to do it. And that's probably why people say real estate is not for me is because it's taking half, you know, it's almost a full-time job. Amen. So um, my next question is, is in the course, you talk about A, B, and C property status or condition. Um, But I also know it's like, we're not trying to become the next HGTV show. So at what point to you is a property considered? Because I mean, I can go in there and put marble everywhere. And I mean, I can do all this crazy stuff. At, At what point is a house a condition for you? And at what point is it not?
0: Awesome! I love this question. Nobody's asked me. See, this is why I love doing interviews with students because I can figure out where I have holes in my videos. Is I uh, I don't care about HGTV status or size. Basically, I walk <laughs> my into wife a, does. well, yeah, I <laughs> well, yes, I get it. Uh, but for me, I walk into a house going, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to have a make ready number. Right, it could be, it could have for mica countertops, for heaven's sakes. But as long as they're clean, not creased, not bubbling up on the edges, it could be ugly, ugly um, carpet, but clean and no, no tears, no, you know. I'm not going to change the bath. Maybe the tile in the bathroom is that 1970s yellow, ugly stuff. But if I'm not going to rip them out and they're clean and safe, no leaks, that's a that's an A for me. If I'm going to put zero make ready after I buy it, it's an A. If I might do new flooring, touch up on paint, but I'm not changing the mechanicals or the kitchen or bath, that's a B. If I'm going in there and I'm going not only is it a 1970s bathroom, but half the tiles are cracked and oh by the way, uh, that's peeling and a tripping hazard, that's a C.
1: Sure. So so this house so for example, this house that I'm in, I think is really clean. I mean, it's not it doesn't have granite countertops. It has just like whatever, but they're nice, they're clean. The cabinets are clean. Uh, the only thing that, you know, I don't really like is that it has brown trim instead of white trim. But I mean, I'm not gonna go in and replace that and
0: no, it doesn't that's not gonna affect rent at all. As long as it's safe and it's not breaking and falling apart, who cares? Why? I promise you, no, no tenant is going to pay you more or less because it's white or brown trim.
1: Sure. And same thing like in bathroom vanities, even though it's kind of like the cause this house was built in 1987 and the stuff probably was eighties, maybe nineties but it looks great. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's not HDTV quality, but it it works. It's functional. There's no issues.
0: Just doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, it it just doesn't matter at some point in the future. Maybe if we are like hundreds of rental homes in your area, maybe it would make a difference, but I'm going to guess Columbus is like every other market and houses rent like hotcakes. It's not going to matter long as it's safe and no leaks. It's not going to matter.
1: Yeah. That's kind of where I was at is, is, and me and my wife kind of been arguing, you know, cause she's like, wants a little nicer. And I'm like, I don't think doing that's going to get more rent.
0: Yeah. Again, I mean, well, you can check that. I mean, you could be a prospective tenant and go into other houses and know one of the things I've done over time is looked at other products. What, okay. what, I, what I have learned. And again, you need to learn this for Columbus is what gets more rent. Three things in my market get more rent, an extra bedroom, more rent, Yep. an extra bathroom, more rent, And garage gets more rent. Does a flat roof versus a peak roof get more rent? Not at all. Um, Oh, uh, a fenced backyard gets more rent in today's environment, which wasn't important 10 years ago. It's crazy. But a fenced backyard so they can have a small dog now matters. Um, In my experience, brown trim versus white trim makes no impact on rent. Uh, 1980s clean vanity versus 2020 clean vanity gets me more rent. I only do things that get safety first. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter, and then I only do things to get more rent.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. And, and it's, you know, I, I just feel like it, a lot of people can just, you know, oh well, it'd be nice to do this or that, and it's like it'd be nice.
0: Yeah, sure. That's we why talk, you?
1: <laughs> are we talking about being nice or making some money? I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and that's where I'm at. And my buddy's like, "Well, don't be a slumlord." I'm like, "I don't think white versus brown trim that's makes not me a slumlord. slumlord." No. Yeah, exactly. So let's be
0: clear: a slumlord's not only going to not do brown or white, but you may not have molding in a
1: slumlord. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I just wanted to kind of touch because that to me is, you know, I feel like people think, oh, a quality, and you see like new houses on the market, and you're like, okay, that is a quality to anybody, but mm-hmm. as a rental, yeah, it's that's kind of what I just wanted to clear up. Um, and I guess I want to go back just to kind of my strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you talk about, you know, you like, um, low debt, like you don't like to be over leveraged. You like to put, you know, 20, 30, even, I think you said, I thought I heard you say your average debt was only like 55 or 60% on your properties now.
0: Well, that so somebody asked me, so I think it was Saturday's live Q and a, somebody asked me what my portfolio is today, which is, it counts for appreciation. So that was not what loans I have. That was what is my per per, per debt to um value ratio. So they're not connected. Yeah. Okay. I would say so, the average so I would there- say the average loan I got was 25% down if I okay. averaged over time.
1: So in my market, like plus or minus, I was I'm looking at like you know, 250 plus or minus, 25% down would be 60 grand. And for me, that'd probably take me 18 months at least to get to. Mm-hmm. And so my kind of my strategy has been to do owner occupant deals. Like on this last house, we did 10% down. Yeah. And now I don't want to do that forever. And I a hundred percent understand like, hey, you don't want to build this house of cards where you're yeah. over leveraged. But in the beginning, as long as it makes sense, maybe the cash flow is a little bit smaller, obviously, mm-hmm. than somebody that's putting down thirty mm-hmm. percent. But if it's if you can cover all your expenses, property manager vacancy, and it's still giving you maybe a hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's okay, at least in the first couple of deals?
0: Well, first off, let, let's be clear. The strategy that you're leveraging, the strategy that I did were vastly different. I could not get, um, you know, like an FHA 3.5% down loan because I wasn't buying owner-occupied. But you probably heard, or I, I don't know if you remember my book, but after my first property, I did what was called 80-10-10s at the time. 80% yeah. first, 10% second, 10% down. So three of the first four properties I bought were 90 percent loans, but they still cash flow. To your point, um, yeah,
1: and obviously the more you put down, the more cash flow. And mm-hmm. I and I get that, but to me it's, I just yeah. I mean I don't want to build a house of cards, but it's like I want to get it in the game because it's like no in the if beginning it's cash flow and it's covering itself, it's yeah. paying itself off. I and
0: mean, you have reserves. So let's be clear, and you have reserves for the just in case, right? But I'm trying to be clear, right? In the beginning, I was far higher leveraged those first five years. Okay. I, think, I think my average LTV loan to value was, was at 90%. I didn't have an option for less than that, right? There were no investment loans for less than 10% down. Um, but again, I think your strategy of going into an owner-occupied home is genius. I, again, let's be clear. For folks in their 20s, coming out of college, if you're single, house hack. Whether that's house hacking or fourplex or house hacking a house, get on the property ladder. You're married with kids. Probably not a great idea to house hack a home. Most people aren't cool with that, but still go get that FHA money with the intention of moving. Communicate with your spouse. Honey, we're going to live here a year or two, whatever. I just want you to know we do plan the move. So this is not our forever home. It's a genius move, but again, run the numbers, make sure they cash flow, get on the property ladder. Inflation is coming. Appreciation is there. All that stuff. Good. No alligators ever, 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 ever 30 year money all the time.
1: Well, no and, and this, these houses that we got, we weren't FHA. They were just conventional. Uh, so the first one PMI we did actually, no? there is PMI. It's not too bad though. It's only the first house is like 40 bucks a month, mm-hmm. which I don't know how we got it. And the other house is about a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. So what I would probably And try it to still do. makes sense even at that yeah. rate.
0: Yeah. What I would try to do before you, again, the first house is already gone. What I would try to do in this house you're in now is, is maybe you've had enough appreciation where you could refi while you're in it so you still get low rates and kick PMI off. I would, if I could, I don't know your okay. market, but I would probably try to get rid of PMI. Because again, why spend the hundred bucks if you don't have to? I would have that sure, conversation.
1: I've already, ju- I've already adjusted it. We're probably still five, or I've already run the numbers. We're probably still 5% off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, pro- right now the house is worth about 280. We mm-hmm. owe like, 245 on it right so it still needs probably another 20 grand of appreciation so to me it's like i, I, I well, could hold I, on it tw- needs
0: 20 grand of appreciation or you put five grand towards the principal
1: well no because if it's at 280 you'd have to get down to 20 well, percent so see. you'd have to get let oh. me see
0: now let's run the numbers that's why i like doing these
1: to- live. Yeah, because I still th- I think I calculated you have to do it about 20 grand. And so I'm like for a hundred bucks a month, I can put down 20 grand. So I say twelve hundred dollars. It's it's like a six percent return on my money, you know, or do I just keep that money and roll it into my next house? Because even right now with the PMI, mm-hmm. it won't cash out as much. Of course, but it will still, mean, covering all my expenses, I actually have my spreadsheet right here. Yeah, I
0: guess. I mean, I see where you're at, right? You're like, hey, I got 20 grand. I could either put it towards principal, save a hundred bucks, or I could take the 20 grand and make it my next down payment. That's essentially the trade-off we're at, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Plus or minus. Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, I, yeah, somewhere in there. Yep.
0: Yeah. I guess what I would say is um, I would buy the next house. I mean, if you were at a point where it was like four or five grand, if you kicked in against the principal to save the PMI, and basically, what I'm saying is, if your yield was like twenty percent instead yeah. of six,
1: I'd yeah, kick. Exactly. It,
0: I'd, I'd get rid of the PMI.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking too. Is it's like six percent is you know it's a decent return on my money, yeah. but it's like
0: it's not. You it, stay on the property
1: ladder. Yeah, if that's only, kind of where I'm at too. Yeah. Okay. I thought. it And was I better figure than in the that. next, I figure in the next two years, I'll be able to knock it off anyway. So I'm like, best yeah, case but scenario, if you knock like,
0: it off in two years, the interest rate's going to be higher, right? Because then it will be a rental. You're going to have to make that trade-off.
1: Well, you don't. Have, so, on our last house, we just wrote a letter into the lender, and oh. they removed, and they just removed the PMI. They just, they just said, "Okay, cool, get an appraisal and send it in." Okay. Well. And they just dropped it off, and that was it.
0: Okay. Well, let's hope that stays true, because so okay. that's what
1: I'm kind of hoping too. Yeah. 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 Fingers <laughs> crossed that rules don't change.
0: Yeah, because so when I, I was, my first time I kicked PMI off, I had to uh, actually, they, and maybe it was just the lender I had. I don't know, right? The world's different 20 years ago. But yeah, I mean, if you get away with a lender and paying 400 bucks for an appraisal get rid of PMI, done. Then yeah, yeah exactly. if that's the case, definitely take the 20 grand and buy the next house.
1: Out question. Well, and, and I have a little more than that. I, have, like, I mean, I won't get into no, it. No, I'm just YouTube, using the, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on the right um, page. So that's kind of where I was at is like, it, and to me, you know, 20 grand is still pretty considerable. You know, yeah. I, I'm, Looking to build up and you know, so
0: no, you to on the me is strategy. like you know,
1: that's a big chunk to just to get the PMI off versus if it more or less it'll cash flow at it with the PMI, it cash flows about fifty bucks, but that's after property manager vacancy, everything. So I'm like, it's still cash flows. Once that PMI drops off, it'll be like at $150. And
0: yeah. from there it life I, gets and, better from there.
1: And and let me ask you this, and I know. I know you're going to cringe, but just bear with me. <laughs> okay. When I, when I run my numbers on these houses, and I know you don't like to calculate appreciation, but for me, I just go, hey, look, if it'll cash flow right now, even with some PMI, mm-hmm. and then what I do on my spreadsheet is I take it off mm-hmm. and I go, hey, look, for maybe a couple years, it's not going to cash flow as much, but as soon as I can get that PMI off, then the cash flow,
0: yeah. maybe
1: right now it's only a 5% return. But once I get that PMI off, maybe it's an eight, nine or 10%. Yeah. I know it's a little riskier, but I'm just, and I'm not trying to get 10 properties like that. No, but for I, my first four, I'm trying to kind of.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you're on the right page. Uh, I fully bless that strategy again, using the owner occupied route, leveraging the down. Uh, I think that's a fine strategy. And I would probably on my spreadsheets calculate it without PMI because again, that's okay. the plan. Right. And again, it's, it's not like yeah, it's 15 exactly. years in the future. It's like 24 or. 36 months or something.
1: Yeah. I, and that's what I I I think too. That's what I think. I was like, if I put 10% down now, every year, the first, first 10 years, it pays itself off 2%. So I was like in the first two years, I'm up to 14%. And if I can get 6% appreciation over the next two years, I'd be at 20% in two years, two and a half years. And I can drop that PMI. And so if I can buy it now, lock in the debt now before rates go before prices go. Yes. I I know it's a little riskier, and so I don't want to do that forever. But like I said, my first four—you know—I'm young enough where I'm like, you know, I want to get on that property ladder, make this happen. It still has to be a good deal. Yeah. It's a cash flow even with PMI. Yep. But the cash flow will go more once that PMI is off.
0: I fully bless that. Yep.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, No, I appreciate my guys want to take a break. I don't want to hound you with questions. I just no, keep going. Let's go. Well, no, I just want to say thank you. I I mean, for me, for me as a young guy, just trying to get started to talk to somebody who's a multimillionaire has got, you know, things at almost 200 units. It's, it's a blessing. So just, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for that. It means a lot. I like, uh, I, am going to love hearing in a decade you're at 37 or 50 or whatever the number is. uh,
1: I like doing this stuff. Uh, I I like it too. As I got those rent checks, I just, as, it was a game it was a game changer my wife's like we need more of these and i (laughs) I agree so uh that's funny all right um i'm just going to kind of take this a little different so now that i've been talking to your friends and family about what i'm doing and i haven't been like you need to do this you know i just kind of been telling them what i'm up to and i hope they do get into the game you know uh, so I'm now getting to my third one. And, you know, my friends are like, Oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, you know, buying some properties and trying to get my third one. And they're like, Oh, that's interesting. Maybe yeah. I should buy real estate. And I'm like, you should, if you know what you're doing, yeah. you know, like, cause not every house is a deal. Well, it is at a certain price, but you know, but I feel like a lot of people just think buy real estate and it goes up and it's like, yeah.
0: so people, saw, people thought that in six as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the other thing is, is I think it sounds great, like on bigger pockets and stuff saying, <laughs> you should be a syndicator, take people's money and you can make all these fees and X, Y, Z. And I, and I think it's great, but at the same time, it's, it's also a big responsibility. I mean, you now have friends and family's money, you know, and they're counting on you to make a return. And,
0: yeah.
1: and so for me, I, I, you know, I've played around with the idea in the future. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe once I get a little bigger, mm-hmm. it might be interesting, mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't want to do it right now. I just think it's too premature. At what point do you think you would even be ready for someone like my age? So I'm about to get my second rental. When would you even consider it? Like before you're like, Hey, until you get well, to this the, point. Yeah. Don't I think there's, money from other I think people.
0: there's two things to decide. Essentially what you're talking about is borrowing other people's money. Right. Correct. So there's two ways to do that. You can syndicate where they're not, where the money is essentially equity. Right. Mm-hmm. You go buy a million dollar thing. You, you raise 200 grand, with friends and family. You now have the asset where their 200 grand is the equity, right? Yep. Um, I will never do that. Uh, what I'm trying to do with my life is create freedom, options, choices. And most importantly, I do not want to add complexities. Syndication is wonderful, sounds good. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm on the hook for friends and family money, and I don't want that ever. So for me, it's a non-starter. You have to make that choice for yourself. And one of my experts on, when's Jonathan? He, Jonathan on Thursday and Anna on Wednesday are both syndicators or have syndicated, but they, they, they have tax documents to figure out and they have other things to do. I'm in real estate for the freedom. That said, I have absolutely have taken private money Uh, two different times. I've raised private money from friends and family, but I've made them the bank.
1: Right. So they're just lending you debt.
0: They're yeah, they're, 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 they're on the insurance. They're, they're tied to the asset If I die or run away. They can foreclose on me. It's a one-to-one relationship. I don't pool capital. I don't go, Hey, everybody put up five grand and you're all on this because again, life changes, you get divorced, you have a health crisis. Everybody's different. One to one relationships. Again, simplicity, no complex. So, again, right, in your world, maybe I'm just again playing. Maybe by the time you get to four, if somebody wanted to loan you 20 grand at 5%, and you still had a deal that made sense, you know, maybe you put them as a second on property number one because it has the most cash flow or whatever. Um, But you're probably years away from that. But you'll have to make a choice. What do you want to be? Have them be the bank or do you want them to be the equity? And for me, they're vastly different choices.
1: Yeah, and that's just what I wanna run by. you. That's kind of where I was at is like, you know, it, it sounds great when you hear somebody go, oh, here's the benefits of being a syndicator and you can make all this money. But to me, it's like, it also has so much complexity. And now, you know, your friends and family are relying on you to make them return You're responsible. And to me, it's like-
0: It's just another form of a job. It's a high paid yeah. job. You can make a shit ton of money. But what is life about folks? Figure that out. Life's about being happy and doing what you want, when you want. Kyle gets to five grand a month. Doesn't matter.
1: Does he need more? Maybe, but
0: (laughs) yes, I do. Michael,
1: you don't have to do syndications (laughs) to get more. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's good. I just like, that's where I was leaning. I just wanted to run it by somebody a little more experienced is like, I just, you know, like those conversations have just kind of started to happen. I'm just like, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea. You know, Agreed. because once you see, once you know your friends and family see what you're doing, they want the returns, but then they just go, "Here's my money." You know, you deal with it, and it's like, you know, uh, yeah, maybe I'm, you should go do yeah. this yourself. Yeah,
0: I'm okay with them being the debt. I'll never do it where they're the equity.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's gotcha. Yeah, I just wanted to run the by. You. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I'm kind of like an analytical person, and I like KPIs and yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any, like, I don't know. Is there any KPIs that you target? I know you, you try to get, I think you said 500,000 a week is, is your goal for one rental at a time, but as for us students, is there like, I don't know. Is there any kind of KPIs that we could be hitting?
0: Uh, well, I would like you to look at your market seven days a week. That's important. I, I think the people that try to do it only on the weekends are, significantly hurting themselves. Um, and let's just break that down. I I would be okay with like 28 days out of a 30 day month life happens. We have families, we have travel. Uh, but I don't, I'm, I'm not, this is not hyperbole. I've looked at my market for 20 years and I think I've missed 30 days,
1: right? 35 days. That's incredible. Right. But that's where where you're where you're at.
0: Yeah. You have the safe search. You hit it you find and again the beauty of having a safe search is i could do five minutes here sometimes that was you know five minutes here five minutes there if i i mean but anyways i think that's that'd be a kpi i would watch
1: um okay. and i guess here's another thing is i mm-hmm. feel like people say oh you should put out you know 10 offers a week or 20 offers a week and my concern with that is that it, then you're just you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't like that strategy. I, I, I hate that strategy actually. Um, I want you to put out an offer on every deal that's either good or great, right? Once you okay. know what Columbus is for average and let's say it's 6% or whatever it was, uh, everything you do should be a seven or an eight. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And again, 98, 99% of the stuff's average or bad. I've seen some properties,
1: it's almost like a negative year or it is a negative yield. Well, there's lots like, of
0: cities, dude. I just did somebody in <laughs> Vegas and half that shit's negative.
1: That's a yeah, bad deal every time. <laughs> so yeah, in Santa Cruz, where I'm from, I I I ran some numbers and I was like, unless you're putting down at least 50% on a million dollar property, it won't even get close to cash yeah, flowing. That's stupid. Just stupid. So, yeah, it's um what what are your thoughts just like on general markets? Like, I mean, I know you talk about the affordability index and, Mm -hmm. you know, and in each market that's different, but it's, do you think just, there's a broad number where it's like, Hey, most people can afford a 200 to $350,000 house. Yeah. I think
0: every city's different. That's why the affordability index is that one of those things I'm sure Columbus, Ohio at a million and a half people is big enough to have one. I don't know what it is, but I'd go look at the historical numbers for Columbus and try to see where it's been because it'll change it's cyclical so i was
1: i googled it last night but it didn't come on a a ratio of 100 it was like
0: yeah summer zero 200
1: well columbus was everything was over 200 so like right now it was like at two yeah so i don't care what it
0: is do me a favor go back and look at it over the last two decades at any one point in time the affordability index means nothing you need to look at it in a historical perspective because what you're looking for is yellow and red flags.
1: Okay.
0: And what you're looking like, go look at Columbus in 07. That was generally speaking the top of the market. Maybe it was yeah. 08, maybe it was 06, because every market was a little earlier or a little later. Okay. And that will tell you something. And then go look at it in, you know, 2000, which was generally speaking a, a low, meaning it was very affordable. Yeah. So yeah. go figure that out. It'll tell you a story. And I just don't know what it is for Columbus because I don't care. I don't invest there.
1: I'm just taking notes here. Sure. Um. um. So at some point I'm going to run out of owner-occupied. Um, yep. Like spots, right? You can only do four, and I think you can go up to ten. And actually, you know what? No. I don't think you will.
0: If you're like, let's just say every year you bought an owner occupied house. No, you would not run out. Owner occupied is not that 10 investment loans you can run out of. You don't run out of owner occupant loans.
1: So I can, I mean, in theory, for the next 20 years, do an owner occupant loan once once a year. year, Yeah, they might
0: catch you. They might (laughs) catch you eventually and make you stay two years, but that would be a lender specific thing. Gotcha. Um, No, you do not run out of owner occupied loans. Not, I've not heard and, of that.
1: Anyway, to me, the way I look at it, and and I, you know, just because I don't have a high income, so to me, it's like you know, I have a certain amount of funds every month and year that I can save, mm-hmm. and to me, it's like if I go get do, you know, it's if I go do an owner occupant, my interest rate will be you know a little bit lower, absolutely. which is better cash flow,
0: absolutely. And
1: so, from the way I look at it, is like if I'm willing to take the sacrifice of moving every year yeah. for ten years you and your wife let's be let's be clear you and your wife and your kids it's not just you buddy it's everybody well i'll tell you when we moved on this last house she said i'm fine to do it as long as you do the move (laughs) (laughs) i'm going shopping honey so she took the kids and she was hanging out and i was doing the move. there you go
0: that's a fair trade-off to me yeah
1: to me i'm like you know this is where we're going and eventually yes, I, mean. I would like to to stop that, but it's, you know, yeah. my savings no, rates I, only so much I'm doing what I can. And
0: I think you're doing great, man.
1: Yeah. So, um, and I, this is something I want to ask to you, um, and this is kind of very open-ended, but sure. what is it, do you think that, and I, and I've watched like a ton of your videos and mm-hmm. I've gone through your course and, and, uh, what do you think it is like when people get started and then like taper off or fall off the bandwagon or, you know, like they, they started, but then for whatever reason, they just, they got one or two or three and, and they're done. And, and I know two or three is better than nothing, but it's, the goal is to kind of keep climbing. And so what, how do you think people get started and then stop?
0: Well, so let's just make sure I understand. So let's just say that, let's say this person, like
1: why example. do people
0: get to two and then they stop?
1: Yeah. And it's question? like, if you, if you would have got to four or five or six, you would have been in a lot better condition, but.
0: Well, I think, I think um, first off, if you get to two and you just, and you purposely decide I'm done, I don't like being a landlord. I've got enough. By all means, go, go nuts. I mean, go do whatever okay. else you want. Um, sure. It's not, it isn't for everyone. For some, some folks, their goal is to Right, They have two kids, maybe like, Hey, I want to have one when I die. I want to give one to Sam and one to Mary. I mean, if that's your goal. Shit! Congratulations, be done. Not everybody wants to get to two hundred. Not everybody wants to get to fifty. Some people are fine with two, right? Whatever your purpose is, and you're going for that, awesome. If your goal is one, awesome. But I think your question is, hey, somebody came into this, they wanted ten, they got to two and stopped. What yeah, usually, and like, and it was usually
1: for a reason. Yeah, what right?
0: usually like, happens is their life, something in their life changed. They got sick, or someone around them got sick, or two they got married and or divorced and their significant other changed. Three, they moved, they were doing, investing 30 minutes from home, but a job change happened, right? There's usually a life thing uh, that happened where their focus has just gone elsewhere is usually what I've seen.
1: Because it's, as you keep talking about, you're like, look, you know, I know like a lot of the gurus are like, get rich in two years with rentals, but it's like, no, it's a 10 to 20 year game. Yep. You know? At least 10 years, at least 10. Uh, and I, I guess it's, it's, you know, it's, you got to put in the time, just like anything, you know, it's, you're not going to get good at anything in one year, you're going to get decently proficient, but it's year five, six, seven, eight, and 10 yeah, are going to be a lot better. Yep. And so I, I just, you know, I've seen a couple of people that have, you know, bought one or two houses and they stop and it's like, they will kick happened? themselves in a decade. Yeah. Like, why did, like, what are you doing? If you, if you started to go down and learn this skill, you know, unless, right. you know, I get if you're sick or something happened, it's like, why would you, and I, I don't want to question why people are doing it, but I just, I want to learn for myself is yeah. as Usually, I'm going to yeah, get it's, my it's, next one. It's like, one I don't if, want one to of two
0: things. They either there's one of three reasons that would happen. One, that was the goal all the time. I know lots of people that have two kids or three kids. I'm going to get one rental for each kid. Cause when I die, it will be paid off and that's their inheritance. That's a great goal. Okay right? Cool. No judgment. Two, they got on this path and life kicked them in the nuts. Sickness, divorce, marriage, job change, whatever. And then the other one is, you know, they just had a bad experience. They didn't qualify their tenants. They got run over by some professional tenant that sometimes happens if you're not careful. Once you become a landlord, right? And if you don't do tenant screening, like you talked about right out of the gate, you can get taken advantage of.
1: Sure. Okay. And it's just bad experience and they stop. Yeah. Um, okay. And I don't know how long you got. I could ask you questions all day. I got got time for one more
0: question. What's your most important question next? So my goal is to,
1: you know, be more or less like you. And that's why I sent you an email is like, look, I'm done listening to 20 different sources. I'm just going to cut out everything, listen to one person and at least do that for five years. Okay. And then after five years, I'll reevaluate and see if I need to do something different, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to plug one path. Okay. So, so you, you initially bought, I, I forget exactly the numbers, but it was like, you got to eight units, then mm-hmm. to like 80 units. Yep. And you, you, know, you kind of sold in 1031 and stuff. Mm-hmm. How can I, as I'm going to, you know, and I, I know it's a whole path, but it's like, as I buy a few properties, but then how do you then kind of just get that explosion? You know, like, like yeah. how should I be looking at that and setting myself up to go, hey, you've got four, five, six properties mm-hmm. and now you can get up or your doors and now you can get to 20 or 30. Mm-hmm. Like how, how should I be thinking about that?
0: Yeah, there's, only, there's two ways that that, that happens. Um, and, and they're all basically the same thing. In my book, I call them phases, right? You're in phase one right now, which is building the foundation. When you get into phase two, you're going to be leveraging equity. No new capital, equity. Uh, so I don't know the Columbus market, but I'm sure it's appreciating it's appreciating at different rates than other markets. At some point, let's just say it five years from now, you're gonna be sitting on 25 to 40% equity in different houses. Okay. And for me, the affordability index will tell me what to do. So again, I don't know Columbus, but what happened to me is I could not buy the ninth house because it became unaffordable, the ninth property. And what happens is you'll see, at least in my market, your jobs to learn Columbus, when houses are high, Apartments are low because everybody's buying houses and people and there's vacancies and bad debt and all of this stuff. So what right. I did is I took a very high-priced asset that had tons of equity and moved it all over to this underappreciated asset, multifamily. Then when this stuff crashed, this stuff went up because people that were in houses moved back to apartments. Sure. So- my understanding of most markets across the country is they don't go in equal. Right now, multifamily in my market really high priced and houses are coming up. But I would say multifamily is more expensive and a worse investment than houses today. That's why I'm okay. buying houses. That will flip-flop at some point. right? So you can 1031 like we did. And again, my market of California moves, generally speaking, has higher appreciation and worse crashes than Columbus, I'm guessing. Sure. So you, so yours may, instead of being four or five years, it might be six to eight years. The other thing you could do is you could do cash out refinances, right? Because not only you're going to have appreciation in debt pay down, but you'll probably have appreciation in rents. So you could take on more debt. Uh, so, you, you know, at some point in the future go, oh my God, not, not only do me and my wife need to save 20 grand, we could borrow from house number one and buy the next one tomorrow. Right, so okay. that will happen eventually, but you're you're years away from that. But yeah, phase two starts when you leverage equity versus savings from your day job.
1: And and at what point should you start? At what point do you think that like you've got that? I mean, obviously it's how much equity you have, but mm-hmm. it's it's how how do you think about that? Like you're building your foundation versus kind of that next level. Like how? Well, how for me, I
0: never that? planned it. it. It came and smacked me when I realized I couldn't buy the next house. It was really that simple. My spreadsheet okay. showed every number was negative. Right. And then I I remember being like, I was somewhere between depressed and distraught because my, because I didn't know anything (laughs) about except buying houses. And I went to a real estate meetup where the guy was talking about small commercial, multi or like small apartments. And I had no idea. I never looked at one. I never looked at a five or 10 unit building. I had no idea. And then I started looking and I'm like, oh my God, I could sell a house for nearly 300. Buy a, a five unit building for 250 and the rent goes from a thousand to three thousand. Hmm, that's good.
1: So and you just put it in the spreadsheet and you just in same in my spreadsheet yep. that
0: I have in the course, I use the same spreadsheet for a little house as a 20-unit building. Same spreadsheet. And when the spreadsheet for the apartments goes higher, I I can hit 1031, borrow. You know, there's the choices become unlimited. But right now you're in phase one
1: houses. Yeah. And it's been great so far. And I mean, it's, it's been doing pretty well. So
0: awesome. Congratulations. That's fun. Well, Hey man, Kyle, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate you reaching out, sharing your story, asking all your great questions. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday.
1: Yeah, you too. Thanks, Michael.
0: Thanks, buddy.